the, the there's this like story that's centered around my my charity fund. So there was a time where like someone got missing and the person was like speechless, was in a very bad situation at the hospital. And the only thing the person could mention is the town where he comes from. Mm. So once I did the Google search, my company popped up because I made a donation to that. Wow. This is in a remote area. So trust me, I'm sure not a lot of people have computers. So my company popped up and they called me that we know you may not be related to this person, but we saw that you made a donation to this um, particular village. So do you know someone there we could talk to to help get this woman back home? And I linked that person up with the headmaster of my school, of the school that oh, we're making the donation yeah <laughs> we made that connection and they were able to get the woman back to the oh, village so, i mean just yeah. by that donation just one story that um we put on our website or it was that websites or social media someone was able to find their way back home so. Hey friends, it's W.E. Cruz, tech and food entrepreneur as well as international consultant. Welcome to my office. Listen, sorry, I'm a little chat. Um, you know, a few months ago, I decided to do away with imposter syndrome. And you know, imposter syndrome, we all deal with it every now and then. It's when you know you should be doing something, but fear, anxiety, failure, whatever stops you from doing the very thing that you're called to do. And so a few months ago, I decided to do away with it and launch the Digital Diplomat Podcast. Um, the podcast is an opportunity for me to really bring all my loves together, whether I'm talking about technology, food manufacturing, um, U.S. Africa trade, digitalization, an opportunity to really take a look at people, policies, and processes all in one conversation. And so a few months ago, I launched it, and I've been recording it for Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple. Uh, there's just a few episodes that have been launched, but then a few weeks ago, I was sitting down and I said, wow, why not have like a video component to some of these conversations so that you can get to put like a face to a name, right? Real time. And so in my latest episode where I sit down with founder of Deco Crafts, which is uh, a chocolate company founded by Ikua, by Kriya Dankor, a Ghanaian-based company. Um, and this is on the heels of me visiting Milwaukee, Wisconsin with my family and an opportunity to visit Franklin, Wisconsin specifically to check out the new North America facility um, for Niche Coco, uh, which is a Ghanaian-based chocolate company that is expanding its efforts, right? And so I had this conversation with Ikria, and I decided that I am going to actually share it with you. So take a listen. Let me know your thoughts. Listen, I'm just on the court playing the game. There's so many things that, you know, we can fix and change as we go along. But I think in life, it's so important that you get on the court and you start playing the game. Because many of us, we think that we're in the game, but we're really on the sidelines just talking about the game. And I never want to be that person. And so that's why I put my life on the table. And I like to show you real time how it looks to be a mom, a wife, um, and a business owner um, who wears many hats, many responsibilities, um, because you know my motto. You know it. You hear me say it all the time, and that is to live at the level of your consciousness and never at the level of your circumstance. So here I go on this journey to building this podcast and just sharing and lending my voice to these topics, and I pray that it encourages you to do the same, whatever it is that you're called to do. Take a listen to this interview. Let me know your thoughts. Visit me at thedigitaldiplomat.com. 
and let's stay in touch. God bless. Okay, awesome. Well, welcome, Equia. You are my namesake, but you know, we say it differently. You are from what tribe? Ashanti. Ashanti and my family is from Funti. So even though we do have the same name, yours is A-K-U-A, mine is E-K-U-A. You pronounce it how? Equia. Equia and we, Funti, we pronounce it Equia. Equia. Anyway, um, thank you so much. Welcome to the Digital Diplomat Podcast. We are live. We're actually recording this session today, trying something a little new. Um, I am just on the heels of visiting um, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where we had the opportunity to stop by in Franklin, Wisconsin, and check out uh, Niche Cocoa Company's uh, expansion, the North America facility. And it just so happens that I am here speaking with Equia Dancor um, concerning her business and her expansion, but I'll let her give us the intro because she can do it better. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you're doing. Okay, thank you so much, Ikua. <laughs> so um, I am Ikua, um, don't call, I'm currently a second year MBA student at Kelly School of Business. But before coming to Kelly, I owned um, a, a chocolate company in Ghana. So Ghana is the world's second largest producer of cocoa. Um, and when I started my company about, let's say 10 years ago, yeah, like whenever you visit um, supermarkets in Ghana, all you could find were foreign brands of chocolates that the average Ghanaian couldn't afford. So I got a consumer insights to come out with a recipe and also a company to see to the need of the average Ghanaian where we could produce chocolate that was suitable for the weather and also suitable for the pockets of the Ghanaian. And it has been an amazing experience. I mean, if you ask me to leave us all over again, I sure would do that. Wow, 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 wow. So exciting, especially knowing that um, the highest percentage of SME owners are women women entrepreneurs and so you know as the founder of a chocolate company let's let's look, let's look, dig a little deeper you know you had a there was a problem in the marketplace that you felt that you could solve but let's let's take us through the journey of actually starting you know we think about starting a business the resources the the connections the networking i mean over the last 10 years what were maybe the three top things that you had to learn or acquire to really help you to take your product into the market what i had a thousand dollars for my dad as an investment for this chocolate business and it has been amazing i mean if you are not giving me that money i wouldn't have been where i am when i started it was really difficult because i would make chocolates and people would doubt it like back in ghana and they would doubt like did you make this because it was also new um so as the only brand we knew was cpc's products and with my brand it was a little bit different so they would ask me a lot of questions over mm-hmm. time, I was able to educate um, people or my consumers on the fact that chocolates could actually be made in Ghana. When it comes to the three things that has kept me going, I think um, I'll say determination and passion and creativity. Okay. So, I mean, starting a chocolate business in Ghana where people don't even believe in your product you have to be um, really passionate about what you're doing because if that doesn't drive you or you don't have big hopes that it's going to scale up one day, you'll never be able to do it. And with determination, I came across a lot of obstacles. Mm. 
Mm. I remember there was a particular year where there was so much um like power issues and we were in Valentine's season, it really affected businesses. And I had to go and buy generator um, with a loan. Whenever I look at that generator, it really brings back a lot of memories because I had to go through a lot during that time. Um and then when it comes to creativity, I think that's an area that my company used to stand out of the lot. Mm. So um when I started this company, because people didn't believe in my products, I didn't want it to be like what they were all usually used to. So I would make beautiful things like chocolate shoes, chocolate bouquets, chocolate football. And that was like a point of differentiation for, for the company. So that when we take our chocolate to our consumers, they wouldn't be asking us questions. Yeah. Like, did we pause this product? Was there another company that made it? So creativity helped me. So the top three things are passion, determination, and then creativity. Yeah, when it comes to where we are now, um, I, one thing I like is that I believe um, we are at a stage where I have even like taken myself away from the company a bit because I'm in school, I'm in a two-year MBA program and the company is still running. So, I mean, I did a good job by putting the right structures and <laughs> all the people who were with me at the initial stages of the company also help me in um, putting these structures and improve upon it so that even whilst we've all left the company, the company still runs without us being there. Um, and we are also at a point where um, we currently sell in supermarkets um, in Ghana. So we, our business model is like in three forms. We do B2C, like we sell directly to the Thanks consumer. So we do um, B2B where we sell to like banks, airline catering services. And then we we recently go into retail where we sell like in Palace, Kupala, Midmart, and a lot of other um, stores wow. um, in Ghana. And then we also sell in two shops in the UK. The UK. So you're exporting. Oh my goodness. You've just yeah. shared so many things that we can break down and digest. And I can really resonate with you now as a food entrepreneur. I know many, uh, many people know me first as a tech entrepreneur doing a lot of technology and helping businesses uh, across the continent uh, build online and sell. And more recently, now that we are food manufacturers here in Detroit, producing, you know, meat alternative made from mushrooms. I ended, we had a generator situation too. There was like a storm that happened a few weeks ago that took our lights okay. out four days in Detroit, Michigan. Wow. And thankfully we had a generator and we used the generator to keep our fridge, our freezers wow. at the commercial kitchen on so that we wouldn't lose our inventory. So, you oh. know, inventory is, I mean, that is the creme of the creme of the business. And so you wanna make sure, so I can understand, I have a generator story as well. So I totally <laughs> get you there. <laughs> I totally understand. In fact, the generator was used for the kitchen when we were in the dark, like the inventory was more oh. important than the lights in my house. I didn't even care, <laughs> I didn't even care. Um, but those are kind of the stories that you, you know, we, we have to navigate and, uh, rise above with the roadmaps, uh, I mean, with uh, road obstacles on our journey. Uh, and you mentioned a lot of a lot of details, a lot of things that are so true, determination, passion, vision, like creativity. Um, but for, for a new business owner, a new entrepreneur who's really committed to impacting their community, impacting their household, bringing more money into their household, um, really fostering, I would say, economic, you know, um, development in their community. Uh, how does entrepreneurship do that? You know, share a little bit about how many people you've you've been able to employ, perhaps, um, and 
and the stores that you're supplying, you know, you supplying the stores allows them to then sell and grow. And it also allows them to hire. I mean, tell us a little bit about that trickle, the trickle effect or the domino effect from you deciding okay. to launch your business. Sure. So um, in my company, we mostly employ young ladies who have graduated out of senior high school. So in Ghana, after senior high school, there's like a one-year gap. So that's why I usually bring some of these young women into the company. Some of them have plans of continuing. Others do not have plans of continuing because of like income restrictions or some of them too don't know what to do after their senior, um, like our senior high school um, education. So I bring them in and I train them. So wow. I train them in areas such as like making the chocolates itself. So the craft of making chocolates and through that, we, um, we employ them. So if after a year they want to stay in the company, that's fine. If they want us to guide them to their next level, we also do that. Hmm. So I like to employ women in my company. I believe in wow. women, women empowerment. That's and right. also when it comes to the company, we have a social corporate responsibility, which is called I Love to Read. That hmm. project is very like dear to my heart. So... When I started the chocolate, I mean, I love children and I realized that there was a gap. I mean, everyone is talking about let's end child labor. Don't take the children to the farms. But I kept asking myself, what will keep the children away from their far for the farms? Or what else can they do after school? What are the things that the child in the city has that the child in the cocoa growing area doesn't have? So I came out with this project to encourage children in cocoa growing areas to read. I believe that by reading, you are able to dream bigger because wow. I'm, I'm a very big dreamer. I like to dream a lot. So I believe that by giving just a simple book to a child, the person will read about it and know about what is happening in, in, the, in other environments that he cannot be physically present. I think, yeah. So, I mean, I started this project in 2015 and the model was to build chocolate Christmas trees. It was, it was amazing. We'll build chocolate Christmas trees and put them in malls. Wow. And then people will either buy or donate. Or sometimes they would even donate books and then we'll give it to these children. Wow. At a point, I realized that we're donating the books, all right, but they didn't have a classroom to even keep these books. Because one of the classrooms we wanted to use as a library had to be converted to a classroom for the children to sit and study. So we realized that we had to change the model. So over the past two or three years, we actually donate like cash or um, building materials to the school wow. to put up um, a block. And it has been amazing. I mean, every time you go there, you see that there's an improvement. And I usually like to spend my birthday with them, like we'll go cut a cake. It's in a remote area in Ghana. So we'll go wow. cut a cake and we'll dance. You know, Ghana and our day stuff. Yeah. We dance and it's always fun because I want some, like one of these little girls or boys to see me one day and point to me. So, oh, you are the lady who came to our school with like books or with chocolate or with cake and you built yeah. a um, classroom for us. Yeah, so that's one of the things that we do at DecoCraft. That's amazing. I mean, just the, the, I love the idea of dreaming, you know, that yeah. you to even dream gives, that's where we talk about consciousness, your ability to see past your circumstance or your situation. Um, and so it takes me to this, you know, I have this motto, that model that I live by, I live by this. 
And that is to live at the level of your consciousness and not at the level of your circumstance. And so you giving them an opportunity or creating the environment for the children to be able to dream so much so that they feel and are confident that even though they may have been born in this situation or they're currently in this situation, that they too can build a business and they too can help the next person. I think it's so beautiful. And so how do you think or how do you feel digitalization and technology is allowing you to make more of an impact? I mean, what is your take on using technology to help impact or is it creating negative effects? Like what is your perspective on digitalization? Um, I believe it's a great thing because as a business owner, I mean, I have really benefited from technology. There was, there was a point where I was actually running all the social media accounts for my wow. company. So I know how these work. I, I know how even someone like in India can order chocolates from me because the person was able to Google like Ghana chocolates and my company popped up. Wow, and also, I mean, just do the the there's this like story that is centered around my my charity fund. So there was a time where, like, someone got missing, and the person was like speechless, was in a very bad situation at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And the only thing the person could mention is the town where he comes from. Mm-hmm. So when they did the Google search, my company popped up because I made a donation to that. Wow. This is in a remote area. So trust me, I'm sure not a lot of people have computers. So my company popped up and they called me that we know you may not be related to this person, but we saw that you made a donation to this um, particular village. So do you know someone there we could talk to to help get this woman back home? And I linked that person up with the headmaster of my school, of the school that we're making the donation yeah <laughs> we made that connection and they were able to get the woman back to the village oh, so, i mean just God. by that donation just one story that um we put on our website or it was that website or social media someone was able to find their way back home so oh, these are some of the most important God. things when it comes to tech or how we use this in my company yeah. oh my gosh that is so that gave me ch- i'm still yeah. i still feel the chills in my body yeah. to, like what a beautifully powerful story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just the social impacts within writing about it or posting about it. And then the SEO from the internet coming up because someone researched about that particular village yeah. or town. Your, your company comes up, they make a call to you and you're able to help someone make their way back home. I mean, yeah. that is so powerful. And that's, again, there's such a a powerful example of technology when it's used right right because it's like a tool it's like a knife you can use a knife to carve chocolate into the Mm -hmm. tree or you can use it to hurt someone right so i think technology has a very similar capability where you can use it for the good i think it's just so powerful and the work that you're doing as a woman entrepreneur building the structure and and thankfully because you know in the beginning of business yes you're in the business you are in the rut of everything that's going on you wear multiple hats you know around my husband i'm his executive secretary because he's always (laughs) calling me like can you do this transfer can you do this can you do that (laughs) you know i'm trying to do the email um and so you wear all these hats um so for you to be able to step outside because you have a structure that allows it to run is the goal is the vision and so we'll end with this you know um there's there's such a push in um around u.s africa trade and i know that 
you are exporting right now to London, but what does you, especially you're doing, and, and you're doing an MBA here in the US. And so as a business owner, Ghanaian business owner or chocolatier, uh, as I can say, um, what is your vision for you as Afrotrade or how do you plan on expanding if you have the vision to um, to do work here in the U.S. or to your chocolate here in the U.S.? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, um, I always get happy when I see like African products in some stores and I'm so happy when I realize that there's going to be this chocolate company in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. I believe that it, it's like a growing trend where African food, African music, African products is gradually coming into the U.S. It's actually starting with music. Yes. And the products will follow. Yes. So, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur out there, this is the time for you to get a piece of the pie. I'm also yeah. looking for a piece of the pie. He does do chocolate or something else. So, I mean, sure. it's like, it's a gradual movement. And I also see a lot of African-Americans trying to connect to their roots Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I mean, being Ghanaian American, and even though we were born here, but you know, when you have two Ghanaian parents and, uh, you know, they send you to Ghana, you live there for some years, and you come back, and then they raise you in the household. You know, it's, it's, you kind of grow up, especially us Ghanaian Americans, you kind of grow up where you know, you know, the beauty of Ghana. You know the beauty of Africa. You know the possibilities here in America. Sometimes there's a dichotomy between how each other looks at each other. And mm -hmm. so to see U.S. Africa trade and to see made in Africa, made in Ghana products is, is so amazing. And I know um, I look forward to seeing your chocolates here yeah. or other product that you decide to create. So as we wrap up, tell the people where they can find your product, um, the okay. name of your products. I don't even think, I know we said the company, but we didn't say the name of the chocolate. So let's share okay. that where they can find it. Sure. So the the brand name of the of my chocolates is KB, as in K-A-B-I. So let me just tell you a quick story about KB. So when, they, um, when someone gets a, a bar of chocolates, in Ghana, they don't eat this all by themselves. They take a bite, pass it on to the next person and say, Kibi. So mm. if I, there are 10 people in the room, 10 people are going to consume that single bar of chocolate. Ghanaians love to share when it comes to chocolate and that's where we got running from. So when you do a quick Google search, K-A-B-I chocolates, um, you'll find like a number of stores you could buy at, especially in the UK. So in the U.S., I think you can, you can buy directly from our website. You can send us an email and we can ship to you directly. If you go on Etsy, you can also buy from our U.K. supplier. Okay. So the U.K. supplier sells to people both in U.S. and then the U.K. We're also on Amazon U.K. Um, in Ghana, we have lots of shops, Koala, Palace Mall, Midmart. Um, I know. I mean, <laughs> I can't mention all the shops. Too many to name. But right? these are the top. These are the top three shops that we sell at. And if you, we plan on getting into duty free shop at the airport. So let's say in the next two months, you can also find a product okay. at the duty free shop when you're leaving. That's right. Then look for K A B I chocolates, and we have, um. Um, milk chocolates with plantain chips that's our best seller you should try that wow. so let me just leave it my um, website that would be easy for everyone to guess so it's k-a-b-i 
chocolate that's c-h-o-c-o-l-a-t-e dot com so www.kbchocolate.com and you can find all our information oh my goodness well namesake equia thank yeah. you so much for um thank um, you too for uh speaking with me today i'm so excited about your new story your expansion and the work that you're doing to really promote and foster economic development as a business owner who's not only hiring women and training but also giving back proceeds into the community so that young children can learn to read and to dream that is the most powerful thing that you can, you can give a young person so god bless you thank you